the meaning of inner work well the word that stuck in my head was work you see because exactly what it is you know people come into these uh, these ways of thinking and of learning and they think get a couple of books on it you know do a couple of meditations and they're going to be there but actually it's year upon year upon year of hard work on all levels sometimes life's kind to you and you get to them one at a time physical emotional mental spiritual or whatever but usually you know you get to do two or three or more of these levels at the same time you see and sorting out where they all fit in with your everyday life and with your spiritual goals um, itself takes a lot of effort a lot of work so I've tried to over, I've been teaching this for about nearly 20 years now and I've tried to sort of put things in such a way that my thoughts are something that you can go along with and please give me your thoughts when they pop up you know because your thoughts are equally valid to anybody else's and particularly mine so how I, how I um, put it the meaning of inner work is inner self development and growth but what is your inner self I'm making you work now aren't I what is your inner self so these words these words are thrown around aren't they what is your inner self Spirit, soul. Spirit, soul. What's your inner self? Well, if your inner self is supposed to be working or you're working on your inner self, I mean, some idea of knowing what it is and where it is, aren't you? I suppose it's the part of you that isn't external, that is the, the eternal, that, that isn't governed by time or space, that is the eternal inner part, part that isn't obvious. Yeah. So to me, there are uh, three aspects that are important in inner work that we have to start off with, like a sort of a ground floor plan. We have our everyday personality, our mask, but I'm sure once you get into this work more than a year or two, you soon discover that in fact you've got more than one personality, more than one mask according to the situation you're in according to the task that's expected of you so right now I'm in the teacher persona aren't I? or speaker in some other circumstances I'm the mother persona in other circumstances I'm a friend or a gardener or looking after the pets persona so for each of these different persona masks I need different I'm playing different roles, aren't I? So that if I'm with my mother, you see, she wouldn't see me anything like you're seeing me today because she just sees me as somebody she would have to sort of tidy up and, you know, tell what to do. I'm no good, you see, doing it. My mother still sees me at 10 years old, you see, and I've got four grown-up sons, and to me, they're still 10 years old too. So therefore, I have different qualities and different roles to play when I'm in different roles. And, and do you feel the same during your life? you also play different roles and with each of those roles you are actually acting out different qualities aren't you therefore different energies are coming through so that's usually where people start is their everyday self their personalities and how and how those personalities 
are behaving uh, in groups, relationships, society, work. And so very often this inner work is started by people having problems in those areas. They have a problem with relationships, a problem with society, or a problem uh, in some way is connected with the external world. Is that true? And then you start um, thinking about finding the real you, the true you. And so, but you have to get to the, the real you, the, the true you, through what you already know about yourself and the external world that mirrors you to yourself. So we start from where we are, our external relationships, and then we start to find out what the real self is. So if we are different with our mother than what we are with our best friend, that we are with our lover, why? What amongst all those changing roles is eternal, is the sameness? Because you often feel the same, don't you? You feel the same person as I do. I feel the same person when I was three years old. And the same person I feel when I was a teenager and the person that I felt as a young mother and the person I, I was 50 last Monday but I feel the same I don't feel I've changed I'm just as people look at myself in photographs I go ooh or ah or whatever because different faces and different forms come back at me at different ages but I'm the same aren't I and do you have that experience too so this is the inner self the inner self is the quiet self that if you like is observing through your, the eyes and the roles of the personalities and the inner self is the experiencer of your uh, situations in the external world not necessarily recording them but observing them and experiencing them and so we know through different therapies that the inner self can be touched quite deeply by experiences, can't it? The outer personality seems to have thrown off, got over, suppressed or whatever. But on the inner self there's often a mark, isn't there? Uh, an imprint of that experience that we need to clear in some form of therapy or healing. So we tend to think that this inner self is just that, somewhere in here and you sort of peer through all the chakras and peer through all the power points and think, well exactly where is it? You know, is it in the crown or pineal or the heart of it? And it's very elusive, isn't it? Very elusive. You can't pin it down to a certain part of you. You know, I mean even today you can change hearts, can't you? You can go to a hospital and change hearts. So, but you're still you, aren't you? You can have, I mean, the Chinese used to think the soul resides in the liver, but liver transplants are quite common now. And for all I know, they're, 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 they're working at like that brain transplants. You know, which I have heard they've done with sheep and water animals. So exactly where is the, the, the earth, the inner self that's observing? Where exactly is it? But, as I said, we like to think it's somewhere in here, inside our physical body. In fact, our inner self is only a very small relay station from attached to, connected with the great, what I call the greater self. And the greater self 
you can call it God, of course. A lot of people call it God. Some people call it the universal mind or cosmic consciousness or what you know I don't mind what you call it I call it the isness because it just is you know it just is and whatever labels you want to give it it doesn't really touch it it's not really like moved by calling it God or falling down and worshipping it or, or uh, trying to manipulate it with various presents. I'm a very good girl, you know, and I, and, I, and I come to church every week and if I, I'm very good to my mother, please will you give me this? It's not really into manipulations, it just is. You see, can you follow that? And so I call the greater self, it's greater than any one of us. Uh, the Chinese, or the Eastern people, have this, um, I've got a book of yours, the, the, the Dance of the Wu Wai Masters. The Dancing Wu Wai Masters. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And I've started to me that book because the, the, the Wu Wai and the Wai Wu Wai are about action and non action. Um, in fact, it says not doing and doing not doing. Both of which seem to infer that when you get to that level, um, you are doing by not doing. You just are just by being yourself, just by being that's what the greater self is and somehow that is being channeled or directed invoked or whatever via some process into your inner self so it's your inner self has a direct, if you like, line I think it's a bit too simple though because we're really talking not so much about direct telephone lines or television masks but we're actually talking about resonances, aren't we? We're talking about, I think it was David Bohm who came up with the morphogenetic fields. And you can have a field of energy at one particular frequency in a particular time and space. And it has a direct, although no apparent connections, but it has an apparent affinity and resonance with a uh, a uh, field of energy of a like frequency and there's no apparent connection but one will affect the other have you come across that before? has anybody not? Because stop me if I do you, do you follow that? so therefore whatever affects the greater field is affecting our inner field and whatever we do on the inner level affects the greater so this little diagram here these little red things are the different pieces of persona these are all different roles and personalities that we do in our outer life that we need to do in order to communicate with the external world and this flame here represents the inner spark or the inner aspect of the greater and this sort of big blob is a, it's formless so the isness has no form it takes on the form of wherever it resides wherever it manifests but of its own nature it has no form it is therefore amorphous it, 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 it moves and um, generates as and when the conditions are correct for it but this greater self, this 
isness. And I, one thing that always amused me about the word isness, you know, it just is. Whenever I have problems in my life, you see, and of course we all have many, I put on my dressing table and it says, just is. And you think, well, why did that happen? And what did I do wrong there? And, you know, I did my best, you shouldn't have done that. You know, but it just is. That's the way it is. You know? I don't know if you feel that way. Is that something that rings a bell, any of you? And all the ranting and raving and all the pr lighting candles and praying and all the manipulations and the bargaining that you make, you know, it just is. The only thing that we can pray for are better qualities to cope with that situation so that it brings out of us um, more character and more potency in ourselves as spiritual beings. So the greatest self is this union, this all that is, everything that is, and never will be, never was. And once you're in this level, you yourself become all that is. You yourself experience being in any place, in any time, in any event, in any particle, anywhere. And once you get to that level, you are what is called realized because you realise that you are everything and everything is you and you don't have to move out of your chair because of the secret of resonance you don't have to move anywhere or journey anywhere it's where you are and so the process seems to be that in inner work what we are doing is uncovering the veils, uncovering the barriers first of all between our personalities and our inner self our real self and then between the inner self and the greater self the isness that's what the inner work is and as far as I know it never ends even those that have passed over um, have informed us that you know this work um, unveiling of the isness goes on into infinity and eternity but the good point is of course if you really got to the isness and the eternal now you've already made it you see but though you've already made it the divine has planned it so that we should all enjoy the trip we should all enjoy the work we should all enjoy the development and Though on some level we are already there, other bits of us are going to have the pleasure and the joy of the game, working towards that. And the pain. And the pain. But the pain lessens as you get into the greater self. It lessens because you realise that you are paining yourself. The situation doesn't pain you, and the people don't pain you. God doesn't pain you, you pain you and that you can change that pain instantly by your attitude and your choosing your perspective on that situation if you wish to be pained you are free to be pained no one's going to stop you but if you say I'm fed up with this I'm going to change my attitude I'm going to change the way I look at it 
pain would go instantly, dissolved. And that comes through acceptance that this is what is. And therefore you have chosen not to give your pain. So the greater self is our source. Another word I call it, psychic isness, is the source. I don't call it God, or I just call it the source, because it's a source of all things, all energies, all manifestations, all that is. And the source is total potency. Potency gives a feeling of poise, doesn't it? Poise. I mean, it's like this. Being held. Not yet initiated into any action. But it's just held there, all potency. And in that all potency is you. And that potency is in you. You are in it and it is in you. So when you begin to uncover your levels between personalities and the inner self and then the inner self and the greater self you find such potency, such power. That potency is raw power. The power to be a universe to be an oak tree, to be a common garden snail, to be a human being, to being a mountain or a lake. It's, it's there, raw power, waiting, shimmering with light. And when you reach this level, that's yours and you're, and you're it. And, and something in you and something in it is triggered, this resonance and you begin to feel your power and what is in potential potential is different to potency see potency is raw energy potential is like a blueprint it's like on the sand at the beach and you've, with your bucket and spade you've made an outline haven't you of, I don't know some weird and wonderful thing that you've of course you'll help the children with it. It's not you at all. No, no, you're doing it for the children. You know. And then the potency is the sea coming in. And it's filling the potential that you have created for it. And that potential is within each of us. It's been there since our birth. Waiting for the potency, the power to come through through our inner work. This inner work doesn't, you just can't go to it one afternoon a week or one evening a week. You can't even do it on, just do it on Sundays. And you can't do it just for reading one book and putting it down and think, oh, I've read that, now I am it. Too many people read books and because they've read it, they think they are it. It's a bit like, you know, I'm reading a book on house building, but is that going to make you a qualified house builder, you see? This inner work has to go on day and night, every day, every year of your life. And the good or bad news is that once you've started, 
you cannot say I've changed my mind I want to go back I know I've tried often but you can't go back you see it's like the seed an acorn it has potency it has a power to become a forest doesn't it and it has within it the, the potential the blueprint to enable that to manifest but once that I mean that, that's the acorn that sits in a shelf or sit in your purse wherever you've collected them for a long time when you put it in the right conditions in the spring with the warmth with the soft rain the right conditions that acorn will say up right switched on to the potency flooded the potential starts to put down roots starts to put out shoots and once it started growing it's going to keep growing isn't it unless anything comes along to kill it it will grow uh, in these conditions in these right conditions it will grow to an oak tree won't it you can't say after a couple of weeks your acorn I've changed my mind I don't want you to be an oak tree now because it started and we're each like that we are each like an acorn and we've started a process and no matter how much we might grumble and I grumble quite a bit and how much we might fret and fume that's the way that's a just isness for us you know because a just isness has sent is sending out its resonance and on some level we have answered it whether it's unconsciously or conscious and we are being drawn towards it and we cannot, there's no power in the, on, in the universe that can undo the power of the isness that's all. so the greater self has our potency and it's a director it's got blueprints it's got the potential it's got the big say in things the inner self which is you as an initiate uh, is experiencing on behalf of the greater self and with the inner self sort of words that we put near the inner self which is experiencing through the personalities so first of all it has to be some sort of crisis as I said before something has to happen that we don't like in our life you know, so we go to a therapist or a healer or a vicar or somebody then we find these sort of words are very important allow as I said just now you might have pain but if you accept and allow the situation the pain will go to reach you're reaching for something or something is reaching for you stabilise the inner self has to stabilize the experience assimilate it accepts it allows the experience it accepts the experience it stabilizes itself in that experience and then assimilates what has happened then it finds it has grown through that experience and I'm sure you've all felt that through all these uncomfortable times in your life you have grown and I don't know why it is but we tend to, it's something of human nature that we tend to grow a lot better under uncomfortable 
circumstances and we do unto pleasant ones. It's all part of our nature, you see. We give ourselves all sorts of problems on, on you know, from this level because the human nature is such that left to itself, it'll stagnate and won't bother. If something's pleasant, it'll just put its feet up and say, thank you very much, so I'll stay here. <laughs> you see. So, much to your annoyance or whatever, you have found you've expanded. Then you find you've got to transmute what you've assimilated and expanded onto a higher level. So, for the physical level, it gets transmuted onto an emotional level, gets transmuted onto a mental level, spiritual level. Gets transmuted. Then it has to be utilised. And once you've got to use it, what you've learned and gained through that experience, you've then got to use it. This is, the, this is the big thing about experiences. It's so many people have experiences and don't use them. I wonder why the same experience is repeated over and over again. So you will met friends that keep on marrying or, 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 or partnering up with the same sort of people. You know, or, or the, the two or three times I come to you with the same problem. You so say, you had that problem two years ago. But it's because they haven't utilised what they've learnt. You know, so you have to utilize, put it into practice what you've learned. Then you have to transcend, transcend um, all these levels in order to put things in perspective. And through that you gain understanding. All of a sudden the aches and the pains and the practices and the utilization Trans from a different level looks so much different and you can say oh yes now I can see why that happened oh yes now I can see why actually that's quite useful yeah. you, can, you can see that then when you can see this from this higher level you can say oh yes well I can see yes but there's a weak area for me there that I need working on uh, and so therefore from that level you can learn to perfect yourself through seeing how the whole process is going and showing up your weak areas so the personalities are what you work with they are your tools the tools of your inner self and they're also the roles of course in the external world and these come to you these personalities come to you usually from childhood or sometimes they are inherited personality traits um, it comes with circumstances and they're also brought on by different relationships aren't they as we said we have different people with our mothers and what we are with our best friends whatever you know the traits are brought out in this particular lifetime stop me if you want to ask anything or, or comment on something or say whoops you know you're going a bit too fast for me so the inner and the outer and the greater and the inner are Receptive relationships and they are dynamic relationships. This is our personality with the inner self and the inner self with the greater self. Each has an interface, don't they? An interface, and that brings about relationships, doesn't it? So therefore you've done you've done some inner work and you're quite pleased with yourself, you've done your meditation, you've done your reading, you've done your thinking, then you're contemplating, then you're talking and you're listening. And you think, I do very well. I please with myself. And along your personality comes along with a circumstance 
and you find yourself reacting oh whoops that wasn't quite what I had in mind as I was supposed to be doing you know your inner self and your personality have interacted <laughs> you've got your high ideals and your aspirations but your personality is saying it's a dynamic relationship it's saying you need more work you need more work and the inner self sometimes can feel as they've all had experience of, of feeling quite alone sometimes as if there's only, the, only us in the universe and nobody understands us and you know you feel, we feel cut off from the greater self don't we sometimes or sometimes it's possible to feel too much power from the greater self and it's overwhelming your everyday world that can sometimes happen so you've got to ha work out the relationship between the greater and inner that you give yourself rest periods with your spiritual active work give yourself rest periods have times to switch off go and do the gardening or go and do the ironing or just have a rest or sit by the sea and do nothing at all you must have a balance you see so there is this dance uh, between the inner and the outer and the greater and the inner which is happening on all dimensions all the dimensions and you mean by that on the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and yeah. the same problems working on all those yes, except that we don't talk now about problems we're talking now about challenges because we have by now realize that we give ourselves the pains and problems and what it is it's so that we can expand transmute and transcend become more perfect so therefore you are trying all the time you're working very very hard to keep your perspective on each of those levels you must also keep on a physical level too mustn't you you're looking too airy fairy and and said, oh, God wills it, or something like that. You've got to also be at a practical level, haven't you? An everyday level. If it's going to be real. Don't you think? But there are all these dancing on all these dimensions, and sometimes it's mental, and sometimes it's physical, and sometimes it's emotional, and sometimes it's spiritual. It weaves and dances around. And you will find that the level that is most active in, in, in potential about to be triggered is the one that is at present quiet because all the activity is going on one of the other levels you see so if you've worked quite hard on a spiritual level or a mental level or you've gone for various therapy and worked hard on your emotions you might think nothing's happening physically you know I'm still the same situation still the same things are happening I'm still reacting the same I suppose you have to give it time because all the potential is going on on that level and it hasn't yet reached it's like a sort of seesaw it hasn't yet reached where it's going to flip over and you actually see the action on the other level do you follow me? so where you think that there's less happening is actually the bit that is working which you can't see because it's on one of the other levels you know and sometimes you work very very hard physically things happen physically and you say oh dear am I going to get out of this 
when am I going to get some time for some inner work? When am I going to get some time for some mental work? And then you find, of course, that it happens. Just the fact you haven't noticed it because it's been very active physically and it's triggered. And all of a sudden you have grown. That's what doing things physically. Does that make sense? All the time you've got this going on. Now there's various words that are used in various places for this sort of work. It's, you know, when you're going on a journey. The trouble is with going on a journey, going on a quest, is it's very linear. It's very three-dimensional. It supposes that there is a here and a there. And when you're there, you're here, and that was there. And it's like a, a line, you see. And it's the same with now. Uh, but now is soon going to be tomorrow. It's all linear, you see. The time and the place is always linear. And that's not how it is because it seems like that because of the illusion of our three-dimensional world actually when you get to the greater self level you will see that the traveller, the path, the scenery and the goal are all exactly the same thing but you know being the sort of human beings like doing things They're, I don't know why they call us human beings because we like to be human doings don't we unless we're doing something we don't seem to be happy um, so because we like doing things we like to feel something actually happening we're not sort of sure that we're actually changing so the here there then now events everything are one and as soon as that actually clicks into your consciousness that it is all one, that there is the same as here, and that now is the same as yesterday and tomorrow, and that the event that you're planning is actually today. And you could go mad. You can only go mad if you're trying to limit your mentality to three dimensions. Right. There's this mountain. And around this mountain is beautiful scenery. You can have, and if you look, if you're at the top of this mountain, you're looking down. You can see in front of you the green fields, pretty isn't it? little cows, and they're so tiny you can't see the little specks, aren't they? And over here you can see that there's the coast, and you can see the sea and the cliffs and the seagulls. And over here you can see a city or a town, the chimneys and the busyness and the cars and the smog everybody going around frowns on and behind you of course is something else maybe behind you is a beautiful garden or a temple something like that from your high position it is one landscape it's quite obvious to you it's one landscape and the different areas blend gradually into each other don't they you know, the suburbs of the town, meet the countryside, the countryside gradually becomes the seaside. But the more you are down the hill, the more you lose that perspective of the one landscape, and the more things get separated, things come into view that you can start labelling. Oh, yes, I can see now that was a cow. Oh, I can see now that was a house was before it was a tapestry of colour 
and from that level there wasn't even any movement it's all totally still but then the more you come down the hill the more you're aware of movement of change of separation and labels so according to your path you can choose whether you come down can't you in the city or the countryside the temple or the sea but according to where you are on the mountain so your perspective will be different the more we do inner work the more we are moving up the mountain the more things are going into place the more things make sense we've got our choice but once you've seen these higher perspectives they don't seem the same to you ever again and this is what the inner work is it's taking off not only the barriers and the veils but also gradually lifting us up the mountain but when you get there the reward of the view the reward of the view and of course coming down again and going into everyday life is quite a piece of cake after that isn't it because from that level I said you can choose which one you come down in can't you you've got a choice it's horrible coming down though well it's only horrible if you, if you think of it horrible if you just think of it it's a game then it's not horrible because you have within you that vision and it never loses you. You never lose it, it never loses you. This is the difference between reading and learning about something and experiencing it. The difference between knowing with a K and good knowing with a G. This is realization. So this is what self-realization is about. It's about being on top of the hill and realizing you have the choice to be anything, anywhere, anytime in that scenery because a car going across that scenery maybe leaving the town, it's gone off for a day trip you know, through the countryside to the seaside and it thinks that, you know it's going through a place one at a time all along but you can see to, to, to that car the fields haven't appeared yet therefore don't exist little villages haven't appeared yet don't exist and then the sea hasn't appeared yet doesn't exist but you can see that they're all there all at the same time there's no difference it's just the where that car is on the lowest point in the landscape it has the illusion of time but where you are you can be in the beach you can be in the town and you can be in the town all at the same time where you are all you have to do is focus your attention and you're there isn't that true? So that's what consciousness is, it's focusing your attention. So we're talking here, as I said before, about entrained and folded fields. Um, the, the will comes from the source. And each of these fields, on all these different levels, are intelligent. Self-organizing. Now these are some methods for you. Uh, I think you asked about methods in, in, in the bit you read out to me. There's, something about me to sort of talk about methods yeah. it's psychosynthesis we mentioned because it was on the phone I think I'm stuck I left the age out haven't I psychosynthesis 
which we'll mention in a minute, psychotherapy, illness and therapy, illness and healing. Illness is by and large the most popular way to get enlightened. And in fact, most of us, without realising it, choose it. <laughs> we might not think we've got free will about it, but some part of us has decided. Psychism, you can develop through psychism, astrology, numerology, meditation techniques, going to groups and working solo, through having teachers and having guides, through various religions, through mysticism, through the Kabbalah, through the alchemical path, through yogic practices, through using sound, sonics, mantras, very popular in the East. Mandalas, mandalas are just pictures, specially put together pictures, that just by looking at them and meditating on them, you become transformed. I'm sure you could think of other ways as well. Is there anything there that you would like to comment on? You've got silence, can you? Oh yes, silence. Sorry for the silence. Monasteries, convents, being a hermit, just being quiet. It's one of the most difficult paths of all because our human mind um, finds it very difficult to be silent for more than a couple of minutes or even half an hour. If it's not the external silence, it's you know, external noise, it's the inner noise. But if we really work on the silence, inner and outer, the silence itself has such potency that it will trigger a transformation. And this is why some people have to spend whole lifetimes in monasteries and convents or mountains and caves or something. Um, in order to be able to give themselves the space and the earth time to be able to do it. I, I, don't, I haven't got the mentality or the personality for that this time around, I'm afraid. I'm one of, one of, the, I'm one of the human doers. You know. This is a quotation from Mother Teresa. We cannot do great things, only small things with great love. If we try to jump too quick, develop too fast, we're going to find ourselves more than just back at the beginning, we're going to find ourselves even back further than the beginning. Take things slowly, take things gradually, but do whatever you're doing with love. If you don't do it with real love, you're wasting your time. Uh, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 15, uh, was it 13? 13. You know, you can have, you can, you can speak, you know, do, do your wonderful channeling. You can discern spirits. You can do wonderful lectures. You can build wonderful buildings, whatever you do. But if what you do is not done with love, you're totally wasting your life. You see. And I found with, with some people with inner work development, they go at it so tense, so vigorously, you know, and I try to lighten them up. 
lighten them up, have a joke. You know, don't take it so seriously because the more intense you are, the less you're going to get it. I think somebody said it once about a monkey who had his hand in the jar. Did you read about the story? There was something in the, in the jar that this monkey wanted. So he put his hand in the jar and grabbed it. And then he couldn't get his fist out. The only way he could get it out was to let go of it, but he wasn't going to let go of it. <laughs> and that's like people on the inner work, they're so intense about it, they're actually not achieving anything. You know, you have to relax and do things lovingly. And you make more progress in doing small things lovingly than what you do in huge big things, which are so intense and so fiercely sometimes. I mean, some, some people, I, when I hear about them, you know, listen to different speakers, they don't sound as if they enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy doing this work, what's the point in it? It's not something that's imposed on us. It's something that we should do joyously, lovingly. It's a wonderful gift to have the opportunity to do these these um, this work and do this development and if somebody gave us something for Christmas and we opened it and we thought oh it's a jigsaw look at all the hard work that's going to be <laughs> the person that gave us it said right I'll have it back then but if you look at the pictures oh isn't that wonderful that's a really nice present thank you very much it's the attitude you see and, and you find that making the puzzle will go so, so much more happily if you're looking at the picture and, and really enjoying what you're doing than if you're looking at it as a state of hard work you know that you've got to endure you, know. you must do it joyously you must do it lovingly so these you need all these things and all these things are aspects of being this is what you have to be you have to practice you have to keep on doing your practice to be and to be practical as well there's no good doing this work unless you're being practical all these people that sell their houses and you know break up their relations or whatever they do and, and go off to do something no you've got to do it where you are you've got to be practical you've got to do practice you've got to be poised all the time poised at least balanced and with poise, you're not sort of on both feet exactly the same because that way is stagnation. Poise means a gentle yin-yang movement. Very, very gentle. It's your poise between the two arms. Perseverance. You've got to be perseverance. You really have. And so these things take lifetimes to do. Profundity. You must do things also deeply. It's might as well do small things well and lovingly. And do lots of things. Visit lots of groups. Listen to lots of teachers. Go to lots of workshops. Read lots of books. And you'll find it's got you nowhere. Do one thing deeply. Persistently and lovingly. Pain. Yes, you said there is pain but the pain as I said is something you, you discover that you can transmute with your different perspective so your perspective there as well shouldn't we mm -hmm. peace it gives you great peace and you need peace in yourself 
and the wonderful thing about peace is that once you've achieved it and then you're in a state of non-peace you know what it was you want to go back to so many people go through their lives so busy 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 they don't actually know what peace is they haven't experienced real peace and once you have experienced real peace you can bring it into every part of your life no matter how busy it is see so the poise comes in patience, lots of patience it's, the thing is with this part I've also noticed it's, the reason why you have to be patient is that you don't ever get quite the thing out of it you meant to have you know, um, what you determined for yourself you often find you achieve something quite different and where you think you're going you actually go somewhere quite different it's because you know the divine, the just isness, have a sense of humour and if we set out on this path with expectations of where we're going to end up then it's not real all we have met is our own expectations we haven't met the real source because the source, the isness, is mysterious. It's magical. It's totally wise. It's not going to give you what you expect to have. So if you expect if you get what you expect to have, it's not real. It's your own your own consciousness doing it, not anything beyond you. Potency I've mentioned and of course power. And you gradually acquire your power and by acquire power I don't mean forceful power that you can impose on other people one thing I do dislike about some parts of the healing movement is the fact that I can heal anything you know uh, a great ego comes into it a sense of you know a sense of power over somebody else there's this person here that's ill or upset and, and I do something about it. Terrific ego um, thing about some of the healing movement in people in that. Whereas real power comes from surrender. And all the great religions tell you that. Since the more I surrender my ego and surrender my own individual power, the better it works. The more power flows the more I put me onto one side so by power I don't mean power over I mean if you like power under under a greater power so what have I got here so this, this work often is like a lot, of, a lot of esoteric books and courses refer to the labyrinth and you find the labyrinth all over the place from Glastonbury tour you know to the but Indian countries to the Eastern countries, all the way over the labyrinth. Now, there's two ways of looking at the labyrinth. You see, you can either walk the paths or you can walk the lines. Now, the thing also about a labyrinth is also that to walk the labyrinth properly, you need to look at its mirror image this mirror image is more important than the actual labyrinth itself you can find, you can find your the, 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 the centre of the, of the um, labyrinth is the mercurial blob 
Mercury, messenger. And it acts like a mirror into your consciousness. Your mirror, your, your consciousness is the mirror of the external. Like everything else in life, everything you see externally to you is a mirror of what's happening inside. Isn't that? So when you're walking a labyrinth, you're actually it's an experience. You're doing the, the mirror image in yourself, in your consciousness. And when you get to the centre, do you know why a labyrinth is called a labyrinth? It's from the word labris, which means lips or mouth. And the centre of the labyrinth is like a womb, or the lips of the womb. And if you reach the centre, you are reborn, so it is said. In the olden days, when you actually physically walked the labyrinths, the priests put a little trap door, you see, there. So when you reached there and you disappeared, you were reborn, you know, somewhere else. It looked quite magical, you see. It was very good for the, uh, the populace to actually see somebody disappear and be reborn, you know, with new clothes on, you see, somewhere else. But actually, that's symbolic for the rebirth. When you reach the centre of the labyrinth, it's a rebirth, like the lips of the womb. The cross here is the male representation, and the little sort of cocoon bit there is like the womb. Another way of looking at the labyrinth, of course, is like this way. So that's like the mirror image, you see. And once you've done the labyrinth, you can walk up and down it's at your leisure yeah mm -hmm. could you have one one more go and explain what's happening outwardly is the same um whatever happens in our external world i'm sure you must have heard this on workshops before yes i have i'm just trying to grasp it for a little more <laughs> the if you can imagine that in your inner self there's this blob of mercury that is acting like a mirror and in it is reflected everything that's happening outside you and everything that's happening inside you is reflecting in that blob of mercury outwards and what is mercury but the messenger the divine messenger that goes between the worlds you see that's what Mercury is. Mm. But the outer world and the inner world mirror each other. So it's quite useful to know that because when things are happening outside you, it gives you an indication of what's going on inside you, which you might not otherwise be aware of. And if you're finding problems inside you, you're having, you know, psychological problems or relationship problems, whatever it is happening inside you, you can find external answers. Now this is the old-fashioned method, you see, of, of um, reading the clouds, or throwing the stones, or looking at a flock of birds. The idea of the outer world reflects the inner one, and you can help the inner world through what's happening outside you. And the same thing is, you can, you can use what's outside you to gauge what's happening inside. They do mirror each other. And once you've got hold of that, uh, it, it becomes a lot easier this work becomes a lot easier because what's happening is you'll find that the two worlds are using symbols 
So your inner world of dreams and meditation and um, however you do your inner work. And your outer world. Well, what is the outer world but symbols? Cars are symbol. What you wear is a symbol. Your house is a symbol. Some people even regard their partners as a symbol, don't they? Or the children. The school the child goes to is a symbol. You know, it's all, it's all symbols. And so they, the symbols, if you like, have a, have a connection, a resonance with each other. I mean, what you're saying is, for example, if everything is calm outside you, you know, you're saying that you're calm on all levels inside. Is that what you're trying to say? If things are awful inside, they awful outside, and you can... Uh, there is this... Uh, my last count, there's 92 cosmic laws. But one of the first ones is called the law of paradox. Therefore, if everything is true, so too is its opposite. <laughs> so remember I said just now that if you've got activity on one level, there's inactivity on another. And then you have the swing of... Yeah. So yes, what you said is true, but it's also not true. It's a law of paradox. I once saw a rather good variation of that. Um, all generalizations are false, including this one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the only reason is not to understand it with your logic and intellect. You can only understand it by good knowing it, by experiencing it. Excuse me, what's the mm. left right polarity switch seen by now? Um, this, this labyrinth can, can be like folded over that way. No, it can be left-right polarity switch. So that you can have a left-handed labyrinth and a right-handed labyrinth. And so one on the other side, underneath. Sort of, that sort of yeah. flips over. So you can also have you also have it reversed that way, like in the like you know, like you do inner and outer. But you can also go that way as well, you know. So it's like this way, and you can also have it so that this this bit here flips over, so that you have a that way. The um, the law of opposites occurs in light as well, because if you see a rainbow. If you're on a clear day, on a, a very uh, good day, you can see uh, an opposite rainbow underneath. Oh, can you? Yeah. Yeah. So here you see you've got the mercurial switch, but here you've got the polarity switch. Can you see the left, right? Yeah. In one, one level, you've got matter coming up to be transmuted, which is your physical life. And also coming down to you, you've got crystallized spirit. So it goes two ways. What you're doing on inner level comes down and is crystallized in your everyday life, in you. And what you're doing physically, you can transmute to a higher spiritual level. This is how, it, how the action works. And you gain qualities. It's transmuted into spiritual yes. qualities. Yes. So that one is the answer, the problem, and the inner is the resolving of it on different levels. Yes, and the fact you're gaining spiritual qualities. You have transmuted a physical problem mm. into spiritual qualities. Mm. Mm. 
And again, spiritual qualities are wonderful, but you need them to be earthed and crystallized into what you actually do. So many people have wonderful experiences in meditation or in, in prayer or whatever, but actually do in their physical life, they get it. I mean, they can't earth it, they can't crystallize it. Mm. You know, it's got to be two ways. Yeah. It's got to be a balance. It's got to be a balance, eh? Some people are airy fairy and they can't Don't get you down. Yeah. yeah. Because another one of these laws, cosmic laws, is the cosmic law of transfer of energies. You cannot have one half, say you do an awful lot of spiritual work, you, can't, you cannot have it unless you're balancing it upon the physical life. You have to have an exchange of energies. Otherwise it will not work. It will break down. You have to have both physical and spiritual growth and development. Otherwise if there's no exchange, the system will break down. So, you know, how would you explain, you know, one day you're very energized and another day you're not? You just have to learn to balance your energies. When you are being very energized, don't think, oh, I've got all this energy, what shall I do with it today? Say, no, I will just do half what I'm planning to do. And keep that energy, then tomorrow, instead of having a big dip, you're going to have some reserve reservoir left. Mm-hmm. So learn to bring a balance into what you are doing. Well, this is where the work comes. This is why it's called work, because it is <laughs> to work to. I mean, sorry, we were saying be balanced. I mean, uh, if you've got the energy and it's there, the chances are you're going to use it. Yeah, it's like having a bank balance. You've just discovered you've got a hundred pound in your bank balance. Mm. So, oh, what can oh, I spend it on? Oh, spend, spend, spend. The next day, you know nothing left and there's bills coming in things have got to be done and you've got no reserve so you learn and you spend 50 pound and keep 50 pounds in your bill yes this is where the practice comes in you've got to conserve your energies in your body field in your actual bodily field you conserve energies and you can, tra- you can move them about too because the energies will come from particular chakras so that if, you know, if one chakra you don't need it at that particular moment, you can move it about to the other chakras where you want it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You actually feel it. You can actually feel it, you see. So, I mean, if you want to save a lot of physical energy, um, you know, you could bring it down to your lower chakras, so you'd have a lot of energy to go out and garden, for example. Yes, you can actually manipulate your own energies, direct your own energies. So you can sit and meditate, you focus on mm. the chakra, or if you want it to be spiritual, on the other one. Direct you where you like. Mm-hmm. You are responsible for your own energy field. I think, um... Hand your hands. <laughs> could, could it not be said that we're, um, on the unconscious level, we are 10% able to alter our unconscious? 10% able to alter that conscious, unconscious rather, without conscious. That is a generalization for most of humankind, but the idea of inner work is to make it more like 90%. Mm. 
That's why it's called work. <laughs> That's why you've got to be persistent and have poise and practice and all this. I'd like to be able to control my unconscious much better. Would. Just keep practicing. Just keep practicing. What have I got here? So, the labyrinth gives the inner work lessons in knowing, in gnosis. That gives you your comprehension which points beyond itself. It's like being on top of the mountain. When you're on top of the mountain, you know. That's, that's the feeling, the, the intuition. You can see, you know exactly where everything fits in, you can see everything's relevant, you can see what needs to be done where, you've got the pers perspective. And your comprehension at that level points beyond itself. In other words, when you're on top of the mountain, you can see other mountain peaks, even higher than yours. Other landscapes points beyond itself. So what do you need to do? That, that's the sort of the being side, so it's all the things you need to be. Now the action is you need to dedicate yourself. HP means higher power, to so whatever you consider to be your higher power, as I call it the source, but whatever you want to call it. You need to dedicate yourself to a higher power. If you don't have or don't have a link, a personal link with a higher power, it can be to your group soul. And a group soul um, usually incorporates your spirit guide or guardian angel or whoever you meet in your inner work, you know, your inner meditation work, inner guides. Um, but you need dedication to something higher than yourself. Service to the needy. It's very important to actually do service of some sort. Very important. And again, as Jesus said in, the, in St. Matthew, I think it's 23 or 24, it's all those that call upon my name think it will guarantee them to get into heaven. He says it's the ones that do it, the ones that go into the prison, the ones that heal the sick, the ones that comfort the motherless, the ones that do it. So whatever you learn, it's necessary to put into practice and service to others. Even if you're doing what I do, standing up and passing on what you know to somebody else. That's a service, isn't it? Talking to your next door neighbour who's, you know, needs some higher perspective on what he or she is doing. You know, being kind to a pensioner that's on the road and got a lot of heavy shopping. No matter what you do, as long as you put what you know into service of some sort. And don't think, if you, if you sort of if you put it into service thinking, oh, that's a brownie point for me, I'm being a good girl doing service. Won't work. <laughs> Doesn't count. It's got to be unconscious service. You just can't help doing because that's by now your nature. It's what you have become. By doing all this, you should have become something higher than yourself. And you find yourself doing service, and not because you're going to have brownie points, although you might do that in the beginning. In the beginning, you might do give yourself some brownie points, make yourself feel good. But after a while, you'll find that you're doing it, and people say to you, You really helped me there. Did I? I didn't mean to do that, you know, or thank you so much for what you did yesterday. <laughs> you know, you just find yourself doing it and being it. Unconditional care, and I put caring rather than love, because love's bounded about quite a bit, isn't it? And by love, I mean caring for somebody else. 
really caring what happens to them really caring that their well-being comes before yours if you've got a choice between staying at home watching Coronation Street and East End, which is what I would normally do on a Monday night and coming out and talking to you because a friend of mine asked me to my care and my love for Nigel says scrap the soaps tonight and we'll go and <laughs> we'll go and talk in yoga you see so it's unconditional care and love for other people and for another person this is what matters you can do you know back and poor you know you can you can do you can you can make mountains move you can you can prepare all the events in the world you can you can build all the palaces you can do wonderful things but if what you do isn't done with love it's not going to work really isn't going to work discernment of appearances how often we get taken in by appearances not just with other people but with circumstances things turn out differently to what we expect in circumstance so we need to learn to discern which we get from our um, high viewpoints we get to learn discernment silence as I said before silence and it's, it's a very it's a very active thing to be silent it's hard as I said before it's hard work to be silent open mouth gives you open karma every time you open your mouth and say something you are affecting your karma in some way um, either for positive or for negative but you know if you don't want your karma to be affected positively or negatively you keep silent then you do something for the karma of omission I suppose you do but it's all what you do with your silence yeah. isn't it yeah. you can be silent but send out love mm. and peace mm. can't yeah. you but how often it is that we say nothing. something if you did and thought nothing at all yeah. then you would be subject to the karma that's of right. omission that's right but silence is not doing nothing yeah. because much. in yeah. real silence I said you've got great power mm but sometimes we can open our mouths and say the wrong thing even if we mean well we might mean the best thing I've had a calamity happen to me recently and two or three friends said to me oh if I'd only known that would come straight over they mean well but the last thing I wanted was them coming over to see me then people mean well you see hmm. but so you have to be very careful the thing is about that is that I mean you can get into the thing of um you might actually genuinely not like someone <laughs> you know you might feel sort of badly disposed towards, towards someone you can keep your mouth shut and keep it to yourself but sometimes maybe it's better to say it I mean you say get back home for saying it but you know if that's no. what you really feel inside if you don't you can, you've got negative thoughts you, you can get into a thing of like trying to yes, deny that you've got negative thoughts yes but so, you don't you don't you don't you do not un un unload your negative thoughts on somebody else it's your negative thoughts nobody else's nobody can make you think negative thoughts nobody can make you have negative emotions they are entirely yours you can choose to change your thoughts you can choose to change your feelings by perspective and attitude now if you feel you must discharge negative attitudes and negative thoughts then you do it in a quiet room and you put your chair there and you can talk to the person as if they were in that chair or you can write it on the paper and then burn it 
There are many ways to discharge negative thoughts and emotions without landing them on somebody else. Mm. So, I mean, I don't mean it like landing on other people. Well, but you say it. it. Yes, but you can express it in a way that they're not going to feel it. Mm. If you express it in a painting, express it on paper, and express it by just talking to an empty chair. I mean, you can express it by, if you're angry, you can, you can sort of, I clean up cupboards when I'm angry. Sometimes if I don't, if I don't get them clean very often, I don't get angry very often. Um, but you can do things, all anger is, is an energy. It's an energy which you have labelled anger, and you can discharge in any physical way you choose. It doesn't have to be speaking to that person. That you can write to them, paint to them, talk to them that they're not there. You've discharged it. You're feeling better. But you haven't hurt that person. No, but I mean I see what you're saying, but what I meant when I said that as well was that it you can people talk about it sort of if you have such thoughts whether you get bad karma or good karma. But I think that can lead to people sort of censoring their thoughts and saying, Oh, like I mustn't think that because that'll give me bad karma. You know, if a certain mm. thought comes into their head, but it might, but it's still within them, it's still part of them. It's still what you do is you, you transmute it. When you find yourself thinking that thought, you think, that's not a helpful thought to me, because it's going to end up giving me an ulcer, or high blood pressure, or a headache. Because negative thoughts will, will do things for you, nobody else. Mm. So therefore you choose to think something different. If somebody's made you cross, you can say, yes, but they have got good points. Yes, sometimes they, they do make me laugh. Sometimes they can be quite kind. You can choose your thoughts and you can choose your feelings. People think you can't. We are not helpless. We are supposed to be mature beings and we, we, can, we can choose our own feelings. And, we can, and, and it's, it just takes practice like everything else. So you no longer become angry, no longer become frustrated or whatever. They're still going to happen from time to time because it's ongoing, it's a permanent ongoing thing. Not going to suddenly wake up one morning and not going to have any bad thoughts or any bad feelings. But you're learning slowly and slowly and slowly how to deal with them, to transmute them. And if you must unload them, unload them where it's in a safe space with somebody else. So surrender to the higher plans. Let us surrender so to the higher, the, 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 the greater, the greater self, the source has the, the um, blueprint, if you like. It has the greater force field, and we find if you if you heard the way of entrainment, your entrainment is here. The higher field has the pattern, has the frequency, and you it, it will it will affects through entrainment all lesser and weaker fields. By entrainment it means bring into its own um, frequency, power. It's, it's like if you've got some pendulums in a room, they have thick clocks that have got pendulums and you, you first put them up there, they're all going all over the place, you know. If you go back after a day or so, you should find all those pendulums are all swinging together. The stronger one will affect the weaker ones. And if you've got two or three fields around, the magnetic fields around, the stronger one will entrain the weaker one, so it's all acting at the same frequency, in the same pattern as the stronger one. Mm 
into our magnetic fields. So therefore the greatest source, the greatest self, has the greatest power. And it does entrain all lesser, weaker fields. Okay, now that's the action. The tools for your inner temple work, your inner work, the tools are wisdom, that's your own inner guidance and inner perception. That's where you get your wisdom from. Your power, which is the will and intent of the higher level, that gives you your energy drive. And um, real power is not pushing, pushing. Real power is attracting to you what you want. Real power is magnetic, not electric. It draws to you. So by just using your affirmations, by using your meditations, by just doing what you uh, must do in your own space, you will attract to you, you see, circumstances and people. And the fourth tool is love, which is unconditional. You don't put any condition, I'll love you if. If you do this for me, I'll love you. If you'll be that for me, I'll love you. It's the un unconditional. Unjudgmental. You know. Don't like, you know, I don't, you know, just don't, you know, not to judge how or why somebody else loves. Because, you know, it's impossible to be in their shoes. Unanalytical and dissecting love. Yeah, it's pigeonholing and labelling and all of these sorts of things. So that's your... Now, just put down here quickly because I've... Um, you haven't come across the two parts that were mentioned um, by Nigeria. Psychotherapy. It's all things you need for psychotherapy. So, these are sort of things that psychotherapy... If you haven't... Anybody here not had psychotherapy? Nobody? Now, if you have a psychotherapy, it's the sort of things that you can go into. The first thing you will need all the time is honesty. If you're not going to be honest, you're not going to get anywhere. Counterphobias mean all your fears. Your fears about yourself, fears about other people, fears about situations. You'll have to deal with them because you cannot grow. Any fear is a restriction. Dare to be open and act. Well, you'll know when, when, when you're being daring because your stomach will go a little twang. Oh, gosh, do I really want to do this? Oh, I don't I want to do this. But it's because it's an opportunity, you see. So you just have to ignore the stomach twanging and do it. You have to deal with your secrets, which are forms of lies of commission or omission. For example, shame, something you did when you were five years old. Still haunting you now. Your secrets keep you from getting what you want. Blame. You have to learn to trust yourself and behave responsibly, warmly. For example, be alive. Blame is deadening. It, if you blame yourself or blame somebody else, it deadens yourself or somebody else. Be warm and trusting. Don't play the blame game. The blame game of causing yourself to be defeated. Blame, you see, avoids the truth and responsibility of other people. I mean, you might have this guilt feeling that you have um, done wrong by somebody else. But if you look at this higher level on the mountain, you will see 
that that is in that person's environment. In other words, that's, that's what their current lesson and growth is about. And so you don't sort of say, oh, well, I can hurt somebody and get away with it, but you do say that person has a co-responsibility for what's happening. You're looking at it from a higher level. Because on a higher level, it's not, it's not on a sort of, if you believe in reincarnation, before life choice. On some level, that person has chosen that experience, like you choose your experiences, in order to grow. And it's, it's, when you don't blame uh, anyone, you find that so much love is generated. I mean, years ago, about 12 years ago, a group of people were rather unpleasant towards me. And I could have blamed them for the fact that I lost a lot of money, lost my, my uh, the shop I had, and etc., uh, etc. Et but I chose not to blame them. I chose not to be angry. I chose not to be resentful. And I just stayed, behind. if I met them out, I would still go up and hug them and, and I would still write them Christmas cards and everything else. I behaved totally as I normally did. Because it, and the love wasn't put on, it was genuine. It doesn't work unless it's genuine. And then within a year or two, gradually it started coming back to me. And they so, said, so we didn't understand why you weren't cross with us. And I said, I wasn't cross with you because I understood. I, was, I could see the landscape. I could see the landscape, you see, I could see where they were in the landscape. So why should I be cross if I could see where they were? They had to do what they had to do at the time. You could see what they had to do, so yeah. yeah. Yes, I could see where they were at, the place that they were at at the time. I could see from their point of view on their mountain how it looked to them. You see, so if you, if you understand, if you comprehend, there's no need to be angry or resentful or bitter. But you see, you can't say that to them because they've got to do their own growing. You just stay loving and open and just, and just wait until they have grown enough that they can see it from your point of view. What do you do with your own sort of negative feelings, perhaps, that you might have about that situation? I didn't have any. You didn't have any? Because... A sense of loss or, or whatever? Um, no, we just dealt with it because we just dealt with it as it was. We just dealt with the loss on, on, a, on a practical level, practical level. Yeah. Because if, if you can see from that higher perspective, then you, there's no feeling of anger or bitterness, frustration, because you can see where they're at, what they're doing, where the circumstances that they're in. And you know they'll come through it because you can see the landscape. You know they'll come through it so they can see where you, where you are as well. So you've got to manage to get a bit higher than them to do that. Yes, but you see, if they're higher than you, they, they, wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have given you the circumstances anyway. In a way, when someone's unkind to you like that, it's a form of compliment to you, because you are higher in perspective than what they are. In fact, you can overcome your feelings and, and feel loving kindness and understanding to them. Not in a self-gratifying way, I'm a very holy person, I'm a very loving person. We just dealt with it, and that's where I was at. That's where they were in the tapestry, that's where I was in the tapestry. You just get on and deal with it. Strategy of no strategies. You might have heard about um, TA, when there's the, the, the games, games people play. Eric Byrne, have you heard of that? Games people play. People play games with each other and in relationships and situations. 
So you have a strategy and no strategy. I haven't got time to spend too much on each one of these. Rejection. So it's going into the games you play. Rejection is working out in yourself what to reject, I'd say no about. And accepting rejection when you are being rejected. And here you've got to, you've got to be dealing with your ego's need to be liked. Our ego likes to be liked, likes to be wanted. And so if you can overcome that, just accept that, you know, if you're being rejected, you're being rejected and that's how it is. You can't please everybody, can you? If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're true to yourself, then everything else has to come right eventually. You what can't is, this, is this one thing that's very important to you, but you're being rejected? And you just well, get to come in, to in which level? Is that a personality level yeah, for well, you? Yeah. That. Yeah. You just have to just say when well, I'm rejecting that. Um, you you have again again you look at it from your inner self's point of view. Oh, you're great. So you know you have to. It's a continual struggle to lift yourself up the mountain. But the more you do this work, the more it comes naturally to you. At first, it's hard work to keep doing that. At first, you've got to make yourself do it. So I'm feeling really angry. Now how am I going to get over that? And the opposite of angry is to be grateful. So I went up to those people that hurt me and I said, thank you very much for that. And again it was genuine because what that experience had given me was a chance to look at myself and examine myself and to see if I was behaving or doing or saying something that I shouldn't have done to cause it. So it's given me an opportunity to look at myself, so the growth for myself. And so when I said I was grateful to them, it was genuine. Because it gave me six months of quite hard work on myself, which I, you know, grew through. You see, so the opposite of anger is gratitude. And if you look, you'll always find something to be grateful for. It's nice being completely broke, isn't it? We, don't we really like but it? rejection is different from being broke. Yes, but you see, it's only your ego that feels pain. If you're being rejected, it's usually because something better is coming along. This is why it's hard work, keep lifting yourself and lifting yourself. I, I've been broken. I can't say it's nice to be broken. Never mm. nice to be broken, especially at the time. No, but you, if you... reflection, you learn things from Exactly, it. yeah. But it's never nice to be broken. No, but you see, as humans... Well, not on a physical level, no. I never asked to be broken. Another thing on this ego um, being uh, not when it's disliked. It's not good to have the ego constantly squashed. No, so I, would, I agree with you. I would recommend a person, if he is not liked by another person, to go and see someone else and try and be liked by someone else. Yes, but you see, your ego is an, an illusion. It's not real. Well, it may or may not be so, but if our egos are squashed constantly, then uh, it'll it, it'll make us very small people indeed. Uh, yeah. And the, and the, in the natural, in the natural. Okay, we may be spiritual giants, but we want to be balanced people, not just spiritual giants. We want to be physically. Yeah. I understand about the ego and it's, it's, it's true, I mean I wouldn't have a, a strong ego but I'm uh, standing here tonight, I need a strong ego to stand here tonight. You need a strong ego, you need a strong ego that knows its place, that knows it's an illusion. 
If you visit me at home, I'm not the sort of person that stands up and talks. I'm very much a hermit person. I don't like talking to people, believe it or not. I don't like meeting people, believe it or not. But I put on my strong ego to come out and do something. And when I don't need it, I put it away again. Yeah. What I'm talking about is a balanced person. It's a balanced But you see, your ego does not get squashed if it's an illusion. How can you squash an illusion? Your ego no, isn't it, you. Your ego. No, no. We don't squash our own egos. Not really. Not, no, but not. how can anybody squash your ego if your ego is an illusion? It's a tool that you use and put on when you need it. Yes, well, our spirituality is an illusion for that matter. Not to me, that's the only real thing there is. Well, uh, I think we can't see it. If we can't see it, it's an illusion. Well, if you, can't, if you cannot see it, then I'm sorry for you, because I, it's, it's the one thing that makes life real to me. You can feel it. You can, you can see spirituality anywhere you choose to focus your attention. And if you can't see it, then I'm sorry for you, because it's a beautiful, beautiful well, experience. I'm not sorry for myself. I'm not saying you are. I feel, I, feel, I feel quite able, and I, mm. I feel quite spiritual as well. I'm sure you do, but yeah. But I don't see it. No. Well, you, perhaps spirit, you will one day. Spirit is, is not seen. Spirit is not seen. Well, it, it just depends upon your perspective again. I happen to see... Maybe you'll see yeah. the result of it, mm. but you can't actually see it. I, well, as I said, it depends on your perspective. You haven't seen it. Maybe Just because you haven't seen it, doesn't mean to say that everybody hasn't seen it. Yeah, other people have got different eyes and Exactly, exactly. Yeah, different perspectives. Touching, we need to go through in psychotherapy the idea of touching. Not just touching physically, although that's very important, but being touched in relationships, being touched by circumstances, things that touch us, we need to go through. Our sex lives, because here we need, if you're going to have a, a complete sex life, you need openness, you need sharing, you need a real intimacy. You cannot have a, a, a good, wholesome sex life if you haven't got real intimacy with some other human being. It's not something you do, it's something that you are. It's creative, it's delight in someone else's happiness. If it's, if it's, it's truest self, if it's on its truest level, it's sheer love and delight that you are able to... Uh, to um, capture and share with somebody else. It's not a case of grabbing, it's a case of sharing and, and growing, you know, and delighting. <coughs> aggression, you feel your aggression here. Safe expression, listening, not handling it. You don't handle it. You listen to your aggression and deal with it safely. Dealing with it in little blips often saves volcanoes. Still little angers, little things that crop up. Don't wait till they become huge mountains that are going to, going to blow. Identify with the other person. See what it's like to be in their shoes. And say, if I was, if I was in, their, in their circumstances, how would I be? How would I look at it? And play out their role, you see. You have to deal with your parents and siblings, the family patterns and inheritances, and later on how you transfer um, these latent memories onto other people in your relationships. Passive inactive, being passive inactive, fear, reluctance to act, responsibility to allow and to listen, being both pa passive and active. Being alone and being with people, your insecurities and your weaknesses. Your work, your value, your respect, your effort. The confusion of possessions with yourself. 
giving and receiving, generosity and control. So often by giving things, if we're not careful, we're actually trying to control somebody. Make them like us, make them do something for us. It's not always, of course, but there is that element sometimes when, when we are giving. Reading mind. I know what... I said to you, what I said to you just now? Oh, the can soften in, that's right. The antelope can soften in. And I said, I think you're thinking this. He said, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> but you often think we know what somebody else is thinking. I know what you're thinking. You see, I know what you, what you, I know what you meant to do with that, you know, which is not, often not true. Uh, sincerity, whatever it is, sincerity is important. And simple thanks, you know, a generosity, giving simple thanks, not just, oh, I don't deserve this, oh no, don't give it to me, oh. Just that simple, thank you, it's often the best way to uh, receive. A lot of people have more problems with receiving than what they do giving, don't they? Mm-hmm. Some people have more problems with giving than they do receiving. And uh, to do both with, with, with graciousness, I think it's, it's quite beautiful. How are you all with friends and how are you all with strangers? Doing unto others, etc. What, what, they would, what you want them to do to you. Sharing again, sensitivity. Are we sensitive with our friends and with strangers? Confidence also, confidence with strangers or with friends. Death, death happens. Transition, change, the unknown, pain and confusion, denial. Live every day, because as the old saying goes, live every day as if it's your last, because one day you'll be right. You see, you never know. Life rights like puberty, marriage, birth, um, new job, transformations, letting go, acceptance, integration and spirals. So each one of these words we could do a talk on soon. Roles, we talked about earlier on. Service, the roles that you are called upon to play service certain needs that you have. Or service certain needs your society or family or group have. They must be balanced. If you're going to be a good mother, you must also be a good person to yourself. You know, if you're going to be a good partner, also be a good friend. You know, to somebody else. Don't don't get so engrossed in one that you haven't got time for any others. Integrate them. Become aware. And your social security doesn't mean the income support. It means um, <laughs> it means having security in social occasions in society. And what rules would you make up for yourself? Bear in mind all these things. What rules would you right now would like to put for yourself as guidelines for yourself? And the last page I put together, psychosynthesis. It's inner work that's based on this egg. It was put together by this Roberto Asiagoli, Asiagoli, who died in 1974. And here you've got the this sort of thing here is the lower unconscious, the id, everything you've suppressed, to the middle unconscious, which is which are things that you have repressed knowingly. Suppression is something that you don't know about. It's so deep. 
that you've long ago forgotten that it was ever there. Repressions are something you know about yourself, but you prefer not to let out, whether it's of feelings, thoughts, whatever. Three is the superconscious, uh, the higher mind. Four is the field of awareness, which of course can change all the time, that's why it's not regular, it changes, the field of awareness is constantly changing. Five is the personal self, the I, this is the inner self, the I, that experiences. And six here is the higher self, the transpersonal self, the um, greater self. So, so psychosynthesis is working with all these things, so it's a bit more than just psychotherapy, it's also bringing in the transpersonal level, the spiritual level. So, having um, borne in mind that egg, the chap that invented it was called Roberto Asiagioli, I think. <laughs> who lived 1888-1974 and he said about his own method Psychosynthesis is a method of psychological development and self-realization for those who refuse to remain the slaves of their own inner fantasies talking too much or of external influences who refuse to submit passively to the play of psychological forces which is going on within them and who are determined to become the master of their own lives. Well, he was trying to provide for people psychosynthesis. Something else about it, it's a comprehensive approach, it's holistic. It develops human potential creatively. With it you discover your true spiritual nature. You utilize this discovery effectively in everyday life. Coming back to that again. You must utilize it in everyday life. It increases our ability to function harmoniously in the modern world and improves the quality of our relationships. That's the comprehension level. And the, on this level, it's a practical working collection of techniques and exercises. Integrates principles and techniques from many approaches to personal growth. Interconnects with transpersonal domains of soul and spirit. So spirit to me is the pervasive force behind the whole universe and the soul is like your personal field within that. This is what it's to me anyway. Becomes more conscious of connections behind life processes. So if you get with that perception, perception you sit up a mountain, you become aware of the connections behind what's happening in your, in your life. Manifesting Manifesting our purpose in this life. Moves, you move away from conflicts and shoulds, but transform them and includes them. Your self radiates qualities. Your inner self radiates qualities. The roles are the outer world tasks that are called upon to do, where the qualities are often distorted or clouded. Your aim through inner work is to make yourself radiant in qualities and the connection between the two is that your roles are channeling the qualities purely, consistently, harmoniously. The transcendent greater self 
has the purpose, the design, the union and the activating and I said like the, like the fields, the, the greater self has the greater power which influences and entrains the lower, weaker energies so therefore synthesis means putting all this together which means healing, power, harmonious cooperation and connections we are each other in outer roles with qualities expressing and unity of purpose and action we are all each other this is why the inner and outer reflect you see we find that if we are not handling an energy properly it will be reflected to us in somebody else outside and that can also be in a positive way as well it could be the fact that you, you know if you have worked very hard on yourself and you badly need that quality shown to you after the person will come along and, and share it with you anyway I hope that's um, helpful to you was it, was it on, am I on target with the title oh, yeah. of your talk? <laughs> no, 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 and it, and it, I think some of you have brought up some very valid points but the main thing is that it is hard work yeah. <laughs> and you've got to keep going mm. but you see, if it was all easy, if you all did it right at the beginning we wouldn't have the fun of achieving it would we? Mm. 